just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, as a big movie lover, I am worried about our local cinemas. The time between Christmas and New Year's is the most important week of the year for movie theaters. And those eight days can account for 5% of their annual box office sales. But we are in a new era, and moviegoing habits are changing. So, how did Salt Lake theaters fare during the Christmas corridor? It's Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Tori Baker, you are the executive director of the Salt Lake Film Society, of which I am a member, proudly. The Tower Theater at 9th and 9th just celebrated its 95th birthday. When will it be back up and running, and what is in store with this renovation? As far as the when it's up and running, um, you know, your guess would be as good as mine with the Mm. supply pipeline issues that, of course, the pandemic has created. This year in 2023, we do hope to be open this year. Um, I won't make the promise that we'll be open just in case, but that is our goal. And yes, the tower just turned 95, which is amazing. I can't believe we're almost 100 years old at that venue. (laughs) I mean, you Um, look great. Oh, yes. Right. (laughs) We're aging so well. Um, So some of what we're doing on the remodeling, we are improving ADA access, which is really important to us, inclusive of an ADA restroom access. We will be doing cosmetic changes to the lobby that improve sort of how we present and curate our video collection and our archives. So as you know, the the Film Society owns, uh, you know, approximately 16,000 VHS and DVD videos in our archive. And and was utilizing those at the tower prior to that in a in a model that was more a you know blockbuster model if you will to to go and rent the videos out. So we'll be um, continuing to have that access, but we'll be changing how we curate and present that access in the lobby. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about sort of what's happening in movie theaters on the whole right now because the week between Christmas and New Year, as you know, is the busiest, most profitable time of year for theaters. How did audiences show up in Salt Lake? Well, Salt Lake audiences are predominantly coming back to the movies. Um, Mm -hmm. There's still a contingency of audiences that has not returned. Uh, We have not got the data points to tell you exactly why that would be. The Film Society will be heading into a study coming up here in the next couple of months that hopefully will get to the bottom of some of that. We feel like it's possibly not one answer, right? It's not just the, the nervousness to go out or it's not just the fact that habits have changed or access or that they moved. As you know, the the city has dramatically 
changing demographically. So many people have been transplanted from other areas. Could be as much about I don't know where to go as it is about my interest to get out to the movies. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, the industry as a whole is recovery rate is still, you know, hovering around the 80%. My suspicion is by the time they report the new numbers with Avatar's release that it will actually be higher than that. Art houses are trending pretty far behind that because we are community-based and mission-driven and, you know, trend toward an audience that um, that is a little different than your your general movie-going audience for the larger Avengers and, and uh, Hollywood-type films. So we're trending on a slower recovery, so it's more important than ever that people continue to not just decide to come to the movies, but maintain their memberships and understand that we're a nonprofit and continue to support the base of the bricks and mortar that the art houses in their own communities are doing. I'm surprised to hear you say that mainstream theaters are bouncing back well, because my impression was that Avatar was the exception and not the rule. Well, Avatar was probably going to be the exception, not the rule regardless, right? Mm -hmm. Whether we were coming out of the pandemic or not. There are always these large outlier you know, billion dollar films that really sort of take the industry health in a different directions. Top Gun Maverick was that film certainly this year, right? But the industry as a whole is in recovery still, no doubt. I mean, 20, you know, if you're running a major corporation, 20%, you know, loss in revenue still is still pretty significant. But I do think that there is much too too much enthusiasm in the media for the movie theater is dying story. And it continues to perpetuate that perception that the movie theaters are either really unhealthy or going away. And that perception is not exactly accurate. Hmm. Okay. Because I have that perception. Like, this is my biggest anxiety, I think, of this year. As someone who loves going to the movies, I've sat in a lot of empty theaters recently. And it has me anxious that movie theaters are going to go away for good. Well, I think what you need to know is that movie going is something that has been a part of American culture for so long that it has weathered the their dying story multiple times. So it weathered it when TV came on board. It weathered it when VHS came on board. It's weathering right. it right now as streaming came on board, right? So every one of those changes within the larger ecosystem of the industry, movie theaters have survived through. And there's a fundamental reason that that happened, and that's because the coming together and that fireside, if you will, that the movie going experience is, is really potent and it matters to people because it absolutely is different to see not just the scale, which is important, but the in our technology driven world, the attention that movies demand because you're sitting there, you, you're not on your iPhone, you're not distracted by 15 emails or, you know, something happening down, down the street. Your focus is there and you combine that with the fact that a community is there and everybody feels that same emotion and that's why movies will never go away. Now, is there shrinking and growing of the business at different times dependent upon those disruptions? Certainly. But the experience itself is still a very pure experience that is has not changed in over 100 years. 
I firmly agree with you, and I do think the movie theater is the very best place to fully disassociate that we have left on Earth. (laughs) And while it's in recovery, and maybe for the next year or two or three or however long, it's not that that experience doesn't matter anymore and that people aren't going to crave it and want it. Certainly, you're going to want to watch some things at home because that's that's where your life is right now. But there, you have to get off that couch sometimes. And when mm-hmm. movies are a piece of that choice, just like sports are or going to a jazz game or something, then that's the choice that you make to go and come together with community. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you wanna learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Well, something I've noticed in recent years is that main, what I would call like mainstream theaters, your Megaplex, your Cinemark, it feels like they're starting to show more indie releases, which has really been the film society's bread and butter. For example, the Broadway has Tar and The Whale, but so did the Cinemark. Why do you think that is? It's an artifact of the pandemic. So when you look at how many movies are produced in any given year within the ecosystem of film from independent all the way through to the studio system, there was a light switch moment where that stopped. And we're in a place where there's not enough film right now to go around. So when you're running a larger commercial cinema and there's not enough avatars to go around because there was literally a stop in production for a period of time. The industry as a whole is very much in catch-up mode. So um, without enough films to go around, you still have the same number of screens. You need you to play what's available. 
I did see, I will say, not one but two three-hour movies last week. And, of course, the Broadway and the Tower do not have luxury loungers. But as two, three, I mean, I hope to God this is never the case, but maybe one day four-hour Damien Chazelle movies become the norm. I wonder if moviegoers are increasingly prioritizing, like, comfort how do art house theaters compete with the luxury theater experience? I think it's changed from a conversation of how do we compete to just what is the what is the standard? So it mm. used to be that, you know, you could go to a luxury cinema experience. That was the unique thing or the unusual thing that you would find in your community. Salt Lake's actually trending ahead of other communities with regards to how fast they're converting, if you will, to to those kind of luxury comfort experiences. So it really isn't a matter of competitiveness anymore. It's a matter of this is the business model, just like it was it was for digital cinema. Now, how art houses are going to get there is is a whole nother conversation. Because just to you know, and if anybody's out there that thinks they would love to fund that kind of thing, just give me a call, <laughs> because it is not an easy economic move for an independent cinema to make. Um, I don't think it's an easy, quite honestly, I don't think it's an easy economic move for any other cinemas to make either, but they do that investment and have those larger corporate corporate structures that are allowing for them to invest in that. So how art houses will stack up, you know, I, if somebody absolutely needs the luxury lounger, they may not be going to their local art houses frequently. But the reality is that the, your local art house is also going to only have exclusive content that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else. So if you want you know, we had Plan 10 from Outer Space last week, Trent Harris's film, in two sold-out auditoriums, and you can't get that experience with a Q&A with Trent and, you know, the community coming together and that energy in any other cinema. So, you know, we'll, we'll balance it as best we can, but it is becoming the norm rather than the exception. Yeah. One of the things I really enjoy about the Broadway is I find the mini freezer of junior mints to be a real delight. Like, (laughs) I remember when you all used to serve Ana's empanadas, I can get a hot tea. Like, there are delights to be found. Is there a vision for more of that kind of stuff, like community partnerships or I don't know. Basically, I want to know if Ana's empanadas are going to come back, Tori. They are. And we have been talking to Ana. We've always had the best concession in, you know, the state, if not sort of the four corners. Um, We did retract a little bit when we reopened. um, And that was just out of, you know necessity to not understanding or knowing who our audiences were going to come back. Um, mm-hmm. So we're we're in the growth phase right now in terms of bringing those experiences back as well as others. We're going to have real butter options here coming very soon from a company called Heaven's Best Butter, Heaven's Best Flavored Butters. And they're not just butters, they're flavored butters. And so you'll be able to get sort of like garlic jalapeno real butter on your popcorn. So those kind of experiences are definitely something that we were always about as an art house because we're community-based and mission-driven. Local business owners, really local product, all those things. And we're just leaning into that as we're in recovery. So they they will expand as much as everybody comes to the movies, right? So it's it's right. a it's a collaboration between us all. So if you all come to the movies, then we expand all those offerings and those eventizing and those specialty concessions and everything else. 
Okay, so you've definitively then answered the question, butter or no butter on popcorn. It sounds like you're pro-butter. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> it really is the little things. Like, it sounds so silly, right? But, like, the true delight of a frozen junior mint is the thing that will get me to the Broadway as opposed to putting my feet up at the Cinemark. Um and so I think it sounds so funny, but when we think about consumer habits, like it, it seems like it really can be that small. It can, and it can also be about the the welcoming and inclusive environment, right? So when you're in a safe space where everybody, you know, on our staff is happy to talk about the movies to you and is welcoming, as well as once you're in the actual auditorium, you have great sound quality and amazing screen quality. You know, yes, we don't have luxury loungers, but you also get an audience that really cares about being there for the movie. So they're not, you're not going to see that iPhone light up in our auditorium at the rate that you're going to see that at an avatar screening, right? Because people can't turn their iPhone watch off or whatever for that two hours. So you don't find that behavior in the art house world because it's a different standard and a different feeling and a different welcoming um, and inclusive space. Tori Baker, thank you so much for your time. Of course. Happy to be here. I reached out to the Cinemark and Megaplex with a few questions for this show and got very little from them. Cinemark, in particular, told me they do not discuss performance by region. The Larry H. Miller Group, which owns Megaplex, is harder to read because of its scale, But I wonder if their recent acquisition of a majority stake in the Swig Dirty Soda Company will entice people to the theater. If I'm a Coke freestyle machine right now, I'm feeling the heat. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. If you like this show, will you please give it five stars wherever you are listening? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.